Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 175 of Sack Kings Therapy. Uh, we come to you after the Celtics uh, beat the, the Kings to a pulp in the Golden One Center, uh, 126 to 97. Uh, the Kings basically couldn't really score to start, and the Celtic kind of got whatever they wanted, and it never really got better. The Kings kind of ended the first quarter somewhat close, and then it just, the floodgates opened, and the Kings, again, were just basically never close, say from a little bit of a run in the third quarter. Um, yeah, so what did you think of this game, Fong? Uh... I mean, we tried our best without Fox, and, you know, Fox is out. Rashawn's also out. Let's see, who else was out <laughs> for us? Um, TD and those guys, but, like, those guys have been out for a while, so I like, oh, yeah. expect that. So, I mean, we brought a pretty good fight. We, you know, tried our best in terms of uh, whatever offense we had out there. And uh, defensively, I mean, still, it's a little hit or miss but you know they just kept on hitting and i mean my gosh jason tatum and Jalen brown were not missing at points yeah let's let's talk about jason tatum I, i've said before for whatever reason i don't know why i don't like jason tatum very much maybe it's a waz thing uh, i listen to big waz a lot but i'm not a fan of jason tatum but i can never deny he is really really good and in this game, this motherfucker couldn't miss. Just threw up threes with hands in his face, like with dudes draped all over him, and he just shot over, and he just made every single three. Like the only adjustment I wish the Kings made, they did this a little bit in the fourth quarter, just double him and just hope that, you know, your defense is good enough to rotate around, which in some cases they were, but like they needed to just double him, just make someone else beat you, especially if Jalen Brown wasn't on the floor. Yeah, and you know, even if we doubled him, which we had in some cases, there was always that one guy open out in the perimeter, which is usually was either um, Grant Williams or I believe Pritchard was. Uh, the one also helping uh, with the three-point shots. So listen, if, Pray- if Peyton Pritchard is the guy that beats me, go for it. I do not. I could not give a flying fuck what he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about just a guy I do not care for. But you know, like if Tatum just was unstoppable, and you needed to just double him. Like mm-hmm. just again, I don't care that Peyton Pritchard shoots like what? Let's. I'm just gonna guess 41 percent from three. Let me just check real quick. His eyebrows look really funny. He's shooting 36% from three, which is okay. Like, might as well just let him go. I don't care. Like, if he's gonna if he's gonna beat you, he's gonna beat you. You needed to double, you just needed a double, and you needed to do it quicker. And they didn't do it. And the Kings just got blitzed from the outside. Jalen Brown was no scrub either. Like, he had an incredible first quarter and just was a presence throughout the game. Yep, pretty much. They kept on driving in, you know. No stops, pretty much. Um, so let, let, let's talk a little bit about, um, I guess Sabonis. Sabonis came, he came to, he came to play like, you know, without De'Aaron Fox, he had to take a lot more of the scoring load. And he definitely did do that 30 points and 20 rebounds and five assists. Like, you know, like Sabonis is going to be that foundational player for us. Like he is definitely what, uh, basically the first piece 
to like building a very competent team and he will bring it every night and this and in this game he definitely brought it he actually scored pretty well but you know just without De'Aaron unfortunately somebody to pick up the scoring slack and unfortunately Harrison Barnes completely no show zero points zero for five zero threes and zero free throws only had two rebounds and an assist and a foul just yeah Harrison Barnes needed to step up granted there were some fouls that they missed on him like the refs were not, again pretty pretty bad this game like he just had he just had no, no luck out there and yeah just throw a bagel yeah I guess it's one of those nice where you know just happens and hopefully Harrison Barnes uh you know gets up to speed for next game but yeah DeMontis man they, they started trying to double uh, DeMontis at times and yeah, he was stuck at times when it comes to uh, passing the ball, but it's just that the Boston defense was pretty good at preventing the guys from, uh, you know, getting open and uh, for Sabonis to you know, get a good pass to the guys. And he only had, let's see, only four turnovers, which is not bad, actually, now that I think about it. Like, give credit to the Boston defense. I didn't think it was a real thing, like, the first time they played. it was. I thought it was just the, the, the uh, Kings missing shots. But this game, like, the Kings could not really, like, get layups, like, in the first quarter. Like, I have the stat here. It was a 22-4 to 4 difference in paint points. Yes, the Celtics scored 22 points while the Kings only scored four points in the paint in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, they just could not get into the paint. And, like... Harrison Barnes tends to struggle with like with teams that have good wing defense. You know, you have Marcus Smart, you have you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're good defenders. You have Al Horford, who's a good, who's a pretty decent perimeter defender and a good interior smart player. And then Robert Williams is your bona fide you know backstop uh, backstop rim protector. Like Harrison Barnes tends to struggle against teams like this. Like he struggled against the Raptors, who just run a basically run a entire team of small ball fives like he struggles with length and i assume that's probably one of the reasons why he struggled as much as he did today and yeah credit to the celtics defense they were very good like you know marcus smart like i don't love like a lot of the things he does like he he had some moments in this game where we're like what the fuck but he is a very good defender very smart defender and yeah like he knows what he's doing and Jalen brown very very good defender jason tatum very very good defender and your whole starting lineup like with horford and robert williams these are all plus defenders so yeah credit to them for being able to kind of put it together because honestly at the beginning of the season they were looking like they played a little bit like the kings like you know the losses were just deflating there were just no rhythm no chemistry between them but they managed to figure it out so credit to them oh yeah no doubt about that uh let's see what seeding are they in they're not in the bottom eight at the moment right they're 43 and 28 that that's bottom eight <laughs> i'm sorry i meant to say are they close to the eighth seed <laughs> no no, no they've shot up i think they're very much out of it now out, okay. or out of the they're the four seed right now granted there's a three there's a two and a half game difference between them and the seventh seed it's a it's very jumbled in, in that kind of area mm, so. i see yeah yeah, yeah, but yes, uh, if you are 43 and 28 and you're somehow still the eighth seed, Jesus Christ, like that, that's an incredible conference. Yeah. <laughs> but they were pretty bad at the beginning of the season. Like they were like, they were out of the play in, I think, at one point, too. So yeah, I mean, it, 
I mean, again, credit to them for figuring it out, you know, mm-hmm. and like they have two bona fide stars. And, you know, I really wish we could find a way to get J- Jalen Brown. Probably isn't going to happen, but like they still probably need one more point guard probably for them to really make a run because like Jason Tatum was re- actually really good passing out of double teams too. So maybe they don't need one, but I feel like that's their missing piece. They need a Kyle Lowry type player, in my opinion, to really make that run. Well, I mean, they've been through quite a few point guards now, so we'll see what they can acquire. The problem is none of them are like point guards. Like Marcus mm. Smart, not really a point guard. Uh, mm. Kemba Walker, not really a point guard. I know he was like tiny, but he's really a scoring guard, if anything. He's just tiny. Kyrie Irving, scoring guard. Like, honestly, it, like, granted, they could have done this early in the season. I wish they could have gotten Rondo or like... Uh, who was the other one? Like Rondo would have been a great choice. Like I thought had, you know, had the Cavs not done it, I thought the Celtics should have got Ricky Rubio. I think that would have been the, the, the key piece, but too late now he's injured and probably not coming back until next season. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, let me take a drink of water. Um, other than that, like everyone else, like kind of did their job. Trey Lyles, once again, just a solid player. 19 points. Wow. Didn't know oh. that he had that many. Justin Holiday was actually really good shooting the ball this game. Six for 12 from three. Although it felt like his makes and his makes and misses were all bunched together. But he finally had a decent shooting night um, for 21 points. Six to 12 from three. Davion Mitchell had a rough shooting night, but I felt he was effective out there. Granted, I would have loved to see the assists probably go a little bit up but like i felt that was more of guys not hitting shots when he passed to them so um chemezi metu kind of just did his thing did what he could um ended up with 10 points um dante divincenzo like he was over over six and only had three free throws um for three points but he had eight assists i'm surprised he actually had that many and you know, he, he's going to start building chemistry with uh, Sabonis at some point, and that's going to be exciting when they finally kind of get it together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, like you said during the game, since we have Fox out and Davion in as a starting uh, point guard, I mean, he's just, you know, that point guard that we have to rely on uh, coming off the bench. And, yeah, he did a pretty good job. He led the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Kings uh, with assists and... Yeah, They're, uh, just too bad that he kind of missed, you know, all his shots. But eh, it's, it's that kind of game. <laughs> yeah, um, just, you know, like the Kings were hot shooting, shooting in the first quarter, like seven of nine from three and then uh-huh. ended up 13 of 36 from three. And the Celtics just kind of never cooled down. I honestly like the fact that they couldn't get into the paint i always thought was going to be a problem i was hoping maybe they could somehow sustain that crazy shooting and just keep jacking threes but ultimately not enough guys hit threes and that's kind of how they lost this game and of course like you let jason tatum and jalen brown go off that that's going to be hard like again like the kings need to figure out like when a guy is on fire you are allowed to double them it's okay just make someone else beat you that's my only thing I, ha- I have to complain about the Kings' defense. They were over. They were pretty much outmatched anyways without Fox. I, granted, I don't think we win this game with Fox anyways. But like, you know, like turn it up on defense. Like you gotta be better. You gotta be better sometimes. And they just they just didn't have it this game. And yeah, they basically just kind of got pumped by the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, 
I was gonna say that we're gonna bound to lose, but I mean, this is <laughs> one of our many losses uh, <laughs> during this month. So I, I mean, I can't say anything now. I mean, like they still gave themselves gave themselves a chance. I think they cut the lead all the way down to nine or I think nine, uh, uh-huh. like the start of the fourth quarter. Like yeah. they had a chance. Like these guys, like they still fought, and like Sabonis was angry fighting. Like you know, he's caught. He got a technical at one point. And like he he wanted this, he wanted to win this game, and it's good to see. Like, let's hope he keeps that spirit up. I'll just say, like, I love I love the energy, I love the desire to win, but like you know, the Kings have a way of beating down your spirit. But I hope he keeps the spirit for you know at least the remainder of his contract, just like trying to pump up the guys because like he needs to be the leader out there, and he's trying he's trying to, but the guys just kind of aren't able to perform as well as he as he does. Maybe one of these days they'll we'll finally be able to put it all together. But ultimately, they were outmatched, and you know, with De'Aaron, maybe they had a better chance. But in this game, like again, they couldn't get into the paint, and you know, you have you get a bagel from Harrison Barnes. Like it's going to be tough to win that way. Yep, I guess we shall see. Hopefully, during that off season. And for those of you that were hoping that the Kings would keep losing to keep their uh, draft position. Well, here you go. Mm-hmm. And I, I just listened to James Ham. although I still don't really understand fully the concept he was trying to explain, but he was on ESPN 1320 today, and he explained that the sixth pick might be the best position to be in for the Kings, where it's really hard to drop down, and it's re- actually really easy. Not Well, I wouldn't say easy. You have a pretty good chance of moving up into the actual like top four. So, you know, best of both worlds. Let's hope... You know, if you if you were worried about the Kings winning too many games, again, here you go. Here's a, here's a loss you can take in and you know improve your lottery odds a little bit. Oh yeah, but you know, like we said in prior episodes, if it ain't top three, uh, I mean, what's the what's the point, right? Unless you're still uh, looking forward to that one guy. Um, AJ Griffin would be nice. Jaden Ivy, you can talk me into. I just, I, just, I don't know about six four. Another six four guard is the problem. <laughs> um, but Kings Kings are looking for talent. You never know. Maybe someone will take them top three, and then we can get one of Paolo or possibly Chet. I don't think those. I don't think Chet and Jabari make it past one and two. So that's just me. Are you going to do research on the draft anytime soon? Uh, probably once. Let's see what. Uh, is any of them still currently uh, during March Madness? I think all of them are. Um, well, the, the big ones. Kentucky just got knocked out, so you won't be seeing any Kentucky guys. Mm-hmm. Um, do, yeah, I think all three are still in. Okay. I mean, let me think of a guy that we should need. Probably a good forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, top three, they're all forwards. That's the that's the fun part. They're basically all four, like, power forwards or, you know, the f- guys who play the four. Yeah. And that's why that's why I'll be very excited if we can get into the top three. Mm-hmm. I feel like once we know our uh, draft position, it'd be a little easier to know, like, what potentials we could get or, you know, not get. But, you know, it, you never know when it comes to uh, teams drafting guys nowadays. It's like... They'll draft whoever is best, to be honest. Um, I, I'm still I'm still big on uh, AJ Griffin. Like AJ Griffin seems interesting to me. That, that's mm-hmm. another guy I'm looking at. Other than that, maybe like a guy like Jalen Duran. Um, guy, maybe Keegan Murray. I did not know Keegan Murray was 22 already. So 
I don't, I don't know. It's not the biggest fan of older rookies. So, yeah. Um, anyways, um, that's basically all we have for the game. Um, let's transition to two other um, topics. Uh, so the athletic uh, James Edwards, the D- D- Detroit Pistons uh, beat writer, he published an article with uh, about a Q&A with Marvin Bagley. And I just kind of wanted to quickly check in on how Marvin's doing. We've been talking a little bit about Tyrese. We've been talking a little bit about Buddy, but we always leave out Marvin. Like Marvin has been a big part of our team like for the past, well, he's been part of the team for the past two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, just wanted to check, check how he was doing there. And overall like the vibe i get i even asked james edwards this during a q a of during a q a on twitter like pistons fans love him so far so really good for him and i read through the article and there are some things that caught my eye the particular two things so he says that the system and sack just wasn't for him uh, what were your thoughts when he said that i mean it felt like we didn't even have a system for him to or anything you know to fit him in into our system i mean i'm pretty sure we said this before whatever metu did during the time marvin was here i think marvin could have done better or you know about the same you know uh, you know cutting the backdoor baseline and you know getting for that dunk uh, or you know a lob for a dunk uh, he marvin definitely could do that a lot taller than metu a lot more athletic than metu in most ways i mean we could have done that but you know we just kept marvin in the corner for pretty much most of our plays yeah so i'm guessing like that's what he meant like when he talks about the system just wasn't for him like they didn't never they never ran plays for him like yeah as you mentioned they never ran that you know the back screen for the lob for him for whatever reason and they even ran it for Paris Harrison once, I remember, and Harrison had to come down with it and go for a layup just because he couldn't <laughs> get up anymore. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know why they didn't run that for Marvin. And yeah, they basically just parked him in the corner as a spot up shooter, like as a quote unquote floor spacer that shoots 27% from three. Like, I never really understood why they just, it felt like they all were almost to a certain degree holding a grudge against them. Although from what I'm hearing about the front office and the coaching staff, it might not have been Luke's choice or Alvin's choice. It might have been an actual like front office type thing because the, the reality was like they they were trying to trade him and they wanted to, you know, get as much value for him uh, as possible. And one of the things they tried to do was that they basically forced him to come off the bench and to basically make it so he doesn't meet the criteria for starting a number the number of games in order to get like his his like 14 million dollar uh qualifying offer instead like because he didn't start a lot of those games he ended up his qualifying offer ended up being like seven million oh so like there was some stuff like that that i've heard about like about that and you know it's a bit slimy honestly for the kings of front office to do that but like the fact that he just didn't run anything for him like i always thought was just strange and you know he's not really wrong but like the the problem with that is is that you had a coach that kind of played to your strengths in a way that played you off the bench as a energy big who just runs who just runs the floor and that was and that was dave yeager and you didn't and you didn't want him and you played a part in getting him fired yeah man that was already, geez, three years ago, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
it's too bad, really. But at least he's happy with a new system, and you know he's actually getting minutes. Uh, I'm hoping that you know whatever happened in Sacramento with you know contract disputes doesn't affect him too drastically. Because I mean, I still think he could uh, see a lot of use in most teams. Uh, other than you know probably his defense needs to be a little better. And yeah, for those of you that are like saying, "Oh my God, he's so much better," and pissed with the Pistons that first of all, he's averaging about the same of uh, what he was <laughs> averaging here. And I've seen some clips. The defense is still as bad as it is, <laughs> like constantly hopping around like like a little rabbit and doesn't and jumps a little too high and for whatever reason takes a charge when he can clearly go up and block the shit out of that shot. So. He's about the same player, but they are utilizing him better as, you know, a rim runner. Like, Cade is throwing him lobs and stuff. And, like, again, I don't know why they didn't do that here in SAC. Like, you had Tyrese, you had De'Aaron. They can pass. Like, I don't know why they just didn't run some more plays for him. It is a He's not wrong about the system just wasn't for him. Like, it was just strange. Yeah. It's like, at that point, why even put him out there? <laughs> it's like just for the rebounds that's it i mean it's not like he rebounded well anyways like he has the same issue that damian jones with that damian jones has that i'm seeing like those guys just don't command space they just rely on being out jumping you and they don't know how they don't really know how to get position for rebounds and yeah i, I don't know it, i don't know what the entire deal with, with him was this year like outside of just trying to trade him and getting value which they ultimately did but like it might have come at a certain detriment to both the players and the team. Mm, oh yeah. But speaking of like you know de- detriments of the team, like in the article, apparently there was I honestly I wasn't all that familiar with this, but like basically James Edwards said like you had a reputation of being a bad teammate, and he basically asked him asked Marvin like where does that perception come from? And he basically, and Marvin basically said, the fans and the media created it. What did you think of that? I mean, in terms of, well, let's start with the fans. In, in terms of fans inside the arena, I didn't, I mean, I don't think there's anything, uh, you know, no bad comments about Marvin at all. But if you go to Twitter and all that, my gosh, it's it's everywhere. I mean, if you if if he avoided Twitter, Reddit, whatever, I think he could avoid a lot of negativity. Um, in terms of media, uh, I mean, it, it's it's a lot of you know, the Kings could have could have but didn't draft Luca. I mean, and that was a big you know thing at the time. I guess there's that. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, they talk about it a little, uh, at the end of the article about expectations. And, yeah, you know uh, that was again that I always thought was going to be unfair, especially because Luca ended up being so damn good, and Marvin couldn't stay on the floor. <sighs> yeah, I mean, as fans too, we expected a lot, uh, especially you know him being drafted over Luca. But I mean, it's not really his fault for, you know, being dropped in this type of situation. And it shouldn't be our expectation for him to, you know, be better than Luca because I mean, <laughs> I'm just shrugging right now. It's, it's like he just happened to uh, 
be drafted to us and you know had to play however he could for us the the thing i always thought it was unfortunate for marvin and for the kings as well that they drafted him because it's unfortunate that kings drafted him like he's not luka that that is what it is but then the on the other side he kept getting injured and that's not his fault that's not the kings's fault he just never was healthy enough to get consi- to basically play a consistent amount of games to properly develop now the kings kind of like screwed him a little bit by quote unquote trying to win and not taking a chance by just play letting him play through his mistakes which is basically what he's getting he's getting the opportunity to do now in and uh with the pistons but then at the but then again the second half of that equation is that he kept getting injured So like even even like in moments where like we really could have used a big man or just another kind of guy off the bench like he just wasn't available to play. And you know, unfortunately, then you know, like the 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 injury stuff and like just some of the comments that his dad made and you know, hit him not dispelling those rumors like that really did not endear that made it basically a very awkward situation and did not endear himself. uh to the Sacramento fan base. Like he never really addressed it and he basically just kind of passive aggressively like always threw shots at the fans and just did stuff like that, which I I get from his position, but don't add fuel to the fire. And like the and then the and then of course like that those kinds of bad feelings manifested into people saying he was a bad teammate, saying he was, you know, like bad for the team, he's causing issues like in the locker room even though there were never reports about that. And it's unfortunate that he's, you know, like social media as we have said, is not a real place. It's a it's usually a bunch of guys sitting behind keyboards just saying shit. And I get it to a certain degree like you don't you don't understand that because you're a famous person and honestly you probably are more or less better than a lot of these people on Twitter. And they got to understand that you know twitter is like some of the worst people in the world and these guys clearly see those comments and sometimes they they let it get to him and marvin kind of let it get to him unfortunately but he just kind of needed to find out or needed someone to tell him like hey like these are idiots like mm-hmm. th- most of these guys didn't even pass pe like why are you taking any comments from these idiots these out of shape fucks who are just you know being dicks on being dicks on the internet Yeah, I don't know. May I guess no one in the organization or within the team was able to tell him that, but I mean, it just all of a sudden ended up in uh you know, Marvin's hands and in Marvin's mind, and it's too bad that also the family just kept on what like I said, adding even more fuel to the fire. And you know, got to support the family too when it comes to Marvin. But like the thing is like Marvin didn't handle it well by simply not addressing the issue. Like you look at how De'Aaron Fox handled it like when uh when the Kings drafted Davion Mitchell, he basically just shut it all down immediately. He addressed it immediately and then just didn't say anything afterwards. Beautiful. Just handled it, put it away, cool. Like, you know, Marvin needed to see that and just like say, you know what, that's how I should handle it. You know what? My dad's just a fan just like any of you guys. He'll he's going to say shit. and it's and it's okay like he's not the one playing on the team i'm the one playing on the team and i'm my own man that's what darren said and it and it diffused the entire situation 
Like Marvin mm. needed Marvin needed to understand that, and Marvin needed to not take the to, again take these guys seriously. Again, mm -hmm. they're nowhere near as successful as you in life. They're nowhere near as as athletic and gifted as you. Why are you listening to these idiots? <sighs> oh yeah. Ultimately, it is unfortunate that the situation just didn't work out, but I'm, I'm glad he's finding the spot in Detroit and he seems to want to be there long term. And, you know, we'll see, like, if he gets an extension this offseason, probably going to. And, you know, like he needed a fresh start. And, you know, he he's talented. He, I've always said he's a talented big man on offense. The defensive stuff, I don't know. But like he, he's got a lot of potential on offense and. He's just, you know, now that he's got a fresh start, I hope he figures it out. Oh, yeah. Hopefully uh, he gets a pretty big contract. and He ain't you know, getting a big contract. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, what, What's a big contract? <laughs> I'm, hope, I'm hoping maybe close to 10 somehow. 10 million a year? Yeah. The fuck? Who? Who would give him that? <laughs> I don't know. 10 million a year, really? What are you thinking? I'm thinking like maybe 10, like 10 million over two. Like, no, like he's getting, that's what he's going to end up getting. He's not going to get much. Hmm. Well, we'll see, I guess, because, you know, like you said, at this point, I'm pretty sure he should be chasing the money. <laughs> um, I mean, I always recommend if the money is out there, yeah, go for the money. Uh-huh. I don't think the money's out there for him. Like he's an injury prone big man with a lot of issues. Like you just don't give that much money to a player like that. If you're like honestly, if, if I could recommend, I like if he's if there's like a twenty million dollar over like four years like deal, take that for now. Oh, or like yeah. or like, you know, if you can get like a two ten for two well, whatever Rashawn got, honestly, for like when he came to the Kings, like that might be your that might be your ceiling right now. Like it's not looking good for him. Like in terms of money, he's just got, he's he'll have to swallow his pride and just take a smaller deal for now and rehab his image around the league. Mm -hmm. And you know his image around the league is not that he's a bad teammate. It's just that he's injury prone, and there's no certainty that he'll figure out like how to be, you know, how to be an effective NBA player. Because right, as good as he's been for the Pistons, he's still not really an effective player. Mm. Yeah. Hopefully he'll develop more over on the off season for the Pistons, and you know things will change for the Pistons because I mean uh, I'm pretty sure after this season, I mean they should be pushing uh, towards the eighth seed, right? No, <laughs> you, you think it's gonna still be more uh, what you really call with how, it? With, okay, with how tough the East has gotten, no, and mm -hmm. like the fact. It's, they're not one or two pieces away. They're quite a they're quite a few pieces away. Sure, they got Cade and he's gonna be good. But like as but as has the like I mean the league has shown like you need at least like two guys just to make the playoffs nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like two and then you need like two legitimate super you need like three stars to actually be a championship contender. I don't outside of Cade, like who, who's who's their second guy? Yeah, I guess yeah. Jeremy Graham, but he's not that good. He really isn't that good. Like, let's be honest. He he is a guy that is best next to a super superstar like Jokic. He, he's a third or fourth option. And right now he has to be their second option. Or honestly, their first option if, if like they want to play that way. Killian Hayes has not worked out. And like, unfortunately, maybe they'll figure that out. If they figure that out, maybe they'll make the playoffs. But I don't know. Killian Hayes has not been good. 
Like Isaiah Stewart is a nice complimentary guy. Like he's he's basically kind of their version of Rashawn. Like, but that doesn't get you into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh man, let's see. Eight seed. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, huh? well, hope for the best then for them because gee, <laughs> I guess it will take a a king's uh you know lifetime for them to make it again i wouldn't say it would take that long i don't see it right now kate is their for is their is their first guy that's their first building piece the rest of them i don't know i'll just say that anyways uh let, let, let's end the episode on this so i listened to james ham on uh espn 1320 today and he basically talked about like some of the stuff he's heard around the kings and particularly the idea of starting uh, Dante. Now, Dante wants to start, and he's unhappy. He's not very happy that, you know, Justin Holiday is still, well, he's not happy that he's not starting. It's not so, I don't think it has that much to do with Justin Holiday, but there are grumblings already, according to Ham, from the from the Dante DiVincenzo camp about be, him being very unhappy that he's not starting. And that, you know, Ham basically speculates like, you, do you really want to mess with this relationship right now? And po- possibly they're doing this because they want to basically drive down his value in the offseason. That's what he speculates that the front office is trying to do. And that's going to create some, some you know, some salty feelings uh, going forward. So, wait, why would the Kings want to drive down his value over the offseason? So they don't have to pay him as much? Oh, uh... Is his contract about to be over? Is that he, why he is due? He is a restricted free agent. Oh, this, this offseason. I see more, more quote unquote smart moves for the Kings, I guess. Um, yeah, in my opinion, I feel like Dante should start over, uh, Justin Holiday. I mean, even though statistically, I guess you could say. Uh, no, there, there is no argument, unfortunately, for, for Justin Holiday starting. He's shooting worse than Dante. Yeah. He's not as effective. And yeah, like Dante should start, but like it just, it's been confusing why he hasn't. Although ultimately, I don't think it really matters on the court. But like if it's going to cause issues, like with Dante being unhappy, you might as well start him because there's no real reason to start Justin Holiday anymore. You have him for next season, so you don't have to worry about him leaving. So, you know, if it's going to cause issues, like, you know, behind the scenes, like you might as well start him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, go for it. I mean, he's played uh, real well when he starts, so. Yeah, might as well just go for it. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a holiday coming off the bench. I guess we won't get that uh, like defensive uh, duo with Donovan as much as uh, you know. Davion. Why am I saying Donovan every single time I mention Davion? Yeah, Davion <laughs> coming off the bench. Yeah, I, I I don't know honestly. Again, it, like I ultimately I don't think it matters just because like you know, at least well not this game, but like it feels like most of the time DiVincenzo plays more than Justin Holiday anyways, and is the closer. So like that's what I'm worried. That's what I worry about more that you're closing more than you are starting. But mm-hmm. starting has value to these guys, and you know, again, if it's gonna cause issues like behind the scenes, just do it. 
Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're, you're trying to build chemistry anyways. And, like, some people have talked about it. Like, Justin Holiday has great chemistry with Sabonis, and we saw it this game. They do have a pretty good chemistry, but DiVincenzo also is building some really good chemistry with uh, Sabonis. So, like, that's something you might be able to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that chemistry flourish, uh, you know, now, off season, next season. I mean, most likely, I've, I, I still won. Dante to start uh, next season, in my opinion. So, um, c- continuing off of that, the the idea that um, Justin Holiday is starting is not a fully a a uh, Alvin Gentry decision. He said, like there are organizational forces involved, and that concerns me. Okay, <laughs> are we saying Vivek has a say in this? Um, I don't know. I, I I can't guarantee it. I think it's more of Monty's crew. I think that has a say in this. Again, there's a little bit of driving down of value, and maybe there's like some sort of some sort of like idea that maybe you want to keep uh, Sabonis happy because he is very good friends with Justin Holiday. Like, basically, it's not fully an Alvin Gentry decision that they uh... are starting. Ah, oh, man, there's so many caveats and all this, geez. But, uh, man, how much value are we talking about if we were to just bench Dante for the rest of the season then? What do you mean, value? Well, like you said, if uh, if we're driving Dante's value a little more down so we could re-sign him for cheaper, I mean, how much more are we really saving here? I honestly don't know. Like James Ham has said, you can probably extend them for like to four years, forty million. Like, okay. You know, best case scenario, like I guess it's like the four years, thirty-two million, so like eight million dollars a year or something like that. Okay. But like ultimately, like again, if it's going to lead to some unhappiness, you might as well just do, do, do whatever you want. I really don't think it, it's going to drive up his value or drive down his value. I think his value is at where it's at. Yeah. So, like, I think, you know, this is kind of just don't, (laughs) honestly. But, like, I think it's overthinking it, is is how I would describe it. And just, again, just start Dante. He's been good. He deserves to start. And, like, Holiday, with the exception of this game where he shot well, like, has not, like, warranted starting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Might as well start Dante. And we'll see about the rest of the guys. Because I haven't really seen Jeremy Lamb. I I don't know. What, was Jeremy Lamb a starter at one point? Yeah, he was, but I don't think he would be a permanent starter. He's not really a starting type player, I guess, it would be my argument. He's kind mm-hmm. of an off the bench type spark plug. Yeah. Guy. And there's also TD, but to be honest, at this point, I think Dante is a lot better than TD. I disagree because I feel, I feel TD can hit shots. Hmm. Like Dante, as good as he's been, he's been a very good assist man as well as we mentioned earlier. But like, can his shots? Like, t- that's where I. That's why I'm very sad that we can't see TD because I think TD could work off of Sabonis really well and be an actual threat from the outside. Mm-hmm. I I could really see that because we haven't seen TD in this type of system yet. Because, geez, he's been out for now we know how many months at this point. But yeah, with Sabonis in and, you know, we actually passed the ball a lot more and without TD having to chuck the ball every time we run in transition, 
I, yeah, I think uh, a more conservative play with TD would work out. I think I think he would do that regardless. I think he'll jack and transition no matter oh, what. It's just <laughs> okay. that no, it's just that you can get more open threes from him. And the issue was we couldn't. He never really shot a lot of open threes. He shot a lot of contested ones. But now, like with some bonus, like and you know, he seems to be a guy that can move off the ball. Like at least I would think. And you can get a lot more open shots for him now. So we'll see how that works. It's unfortunate we can't see that because he could legitimately be the one like a final piece type guy. Or like a complimentary. Like we don't have enough shooting on this team. We don't, and I think TD helps a lot with that. Ah, I see. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean, between the two, who would are you thinking about TD starting next season? Then no, he's coming off the bench. He's a spark yeah. plug. He's a spark plug guy. Okay. Yeah, like start like being a starter to me, you have to be able to do everything pretty well, or like yeah. you have to have a skill set that can't be that is that fits the starting lineup more. I think Dante fits the starting lineup more because he is a better, he is actually a really good defender, mm-hmm. like a very kind of disruptive type defender. You know, De'Aaron has not been good on defense for a while now. You just need a guy who's you need an, another like guy out there to defend like for him essentially while he takes care of the offense and i think dante could fit that bill very well mm, okay <laughs> okay and uh, just last thing i want to mention so about the uh, like it not being a fully an alvin decision not to not to start divincenzo or to start justin holiday apparently mo harkless is kind of in the same boat weirdly enough where it's not really alvin's decision to play him or not uh i mean is mo kind of upset that he's not getting much play time i or? assume so just because he's a veteran not making much and like you know he's kind of stuck here in a way yeah i can see that um i mean it, it really is too bad we don't see mo point that much but i don't know is he really gonna be uh with us in the future really i feel he's a he's filler he's definitely trade filler for a trade um yeah like i wouldn't mind him here but like he's the kind of guy you need to upgrade from is the thing he's a good defensive specialist guy but like he just doesn't space the floor very well and you know and for whatever reason the bonus stuff hasn't worked with him i don't know why even though he's a good cutter but like it's just it's a weird situation and again it just concerns me that alvin and the coaching staff doesn't seem to have full control of his decisions Mm. man yeah hopefully we'll see mo in a better situation but as of right now i mean he only played four minutes this game and i don't even remember when he even came in to be honest second quarter if i remember right yeah and sadly didn't do much at all actually jesus all zeros yeah so uh, i mean again i've i am concerned about the like the front office having that big of an influence on the coaching staff now of course that could be solved next year if you get a if you get a new head coach and a new coaching staff but like i don't love the idea of like there's this basically a disconnect between the front office and the uh, and the coaching staff. Now, of course, you can succeed in spite of that, but, you know, this organization has been known for meddling, specifically from Vivek, 
And if the Vivek is the one that is getting involved, Lord have mercy. Like mm-hmm. this ain't this ain't gonna get better um, anytime soon. Yep. Yeah. I guess no one can step up to Vivek, sadly. I think people step up to him. No one. He just doesn't listen. I think huh. that's the problem. But I, I don't know. I'm not in that. I'm not behind the scenes. So who knows? Oh yeah. Okay. Anything else you want to quickly talk about? Uh, not that I know of. I haven't heard any other news. To be honest. Yeah, you've been a busy boy. So, okay. Well, if you don't have anything else, let's call it an episode. This one has run pretty long, but you know, hopefully, you enjoy these episodes. And uh, yeah, I'll right back to the regularly scheduled after each game, just like this one. So. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. And uh, any other remarks you want to tell the fans before we call this an episode? Well, not that I could think of, uh, but I guess. Oh, actually, we haven't checked what game is next. Jeez, it is the Suns, I believe, on Sunday, Sunday. at three. Yep, oh, man, an early game. Oh boy. Let's see first seed we'll see how that goes i mean i guess they're without chris paul not, not that that has mattered but eh. <laughs> sure <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah uh, i guess we will see all right on that note then uh we'll catch you guys um su- sunday afternoon or possibly in the evening mm-hmm. all right we'll see you guys later <laughs>